Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Welcome, welcome, welcome everybody to the Hockey Think Tank podcast brought to you. By the hockeythinktank.com, a website for all players, parents, and coaches to go to get a little bit of education and a little bit of inspiration regarding the greatest game on the planet. What an episode we have for you guys here today. It is again just going to be Jeffrey Lavecchio and I, and we are going to be talking mental toughness and how to get it, how to keep it, what it means, and everything in between. And this is one of the, I would say, biggest predictors of having success in not just hockey, but in probably all of life or any sport. But I'm really excited to, to dive right into it. But before we do, let's get the talent of the podcast on here. Jeffrey Lavecchio, Vex, what's shaking bacon? Not uh, a lot, my friend. Had a fun day at TPH St. Louis today with uh, one of our former podcast podcast guests, Phil McCray. So got to go out there, hang with the the guys and the girls out there, working on some uh, stick handling and shooting and quick release stuff in the shooting room. So I loved to do that, and uh, really excited actually about this podcast because mental toughness, I feel like, is one of the most important attributes any athlete can have and uh you know I won't, I won't lie to you i feel like it's hard when you get older too uh and you're not playing anymore and you're harder not test, harder you're not it's you're not testing yourself all no. the time like you were when you were playing so it is definitely a lot harder when you're older and out of playing you know a, a sport at a high level to to be focusing on your mental toughness i i've noticed yeah i totally agree it's much more difficult in life <laughs> than it yeah. is in, in sports. Um, I think part of it may be like, and I think about this a lot and we've talked about it a lot. You know, you don't have that, like, I want to make the NHL goal right yeah. in front of you, you know, or not yeah. right in front of you, but in front of you. And so sometimes it's a little bit tougher to motivate yourself. I think part of mental toughness is being able to be internally motivated, intrinsically motivated. And so, um, but we'll get into that, but yeah, I agree, man. Like life-wise it's, uh, it's, it's a little trickier. Yeah. But yeah, definitely. definitely. <laughs> so, uh, okay, so a couple things we want to go over first. Uh, you mentioned former podcast guests, one being Phil McRae. Another one just got named the head coach of the Montreal Canadiens, and that's Martin St. Louis, who's had his fair share of mental toughness in his day, for crying out loud. Holy cow. But, um, yeah, if you haven't gotten the chance to listen to that episode that we did with Marty um, before, go ahead and check that out because it was obviously one of my favorites. He was my idol growing up. I wore number 26 in college. I'm vertically challenged like, like he is, so he was somebody that I looked up to no pun intended and uh but that was a fun one for me and a fun one for us and we do talk a lot about mental toughness and what it takes to to make it to to that level when you know all of the stars aren't aligning for you to get there yeah and I can't tell you how many text messages I've got today that said 
has Martin St. Louis called you guys to say thank you for having you on the podcast? That's <laughs> probably why got him he's there. now the head coach. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he was on the podcast like over a year ago, but yeah, I mean, it's probably the reason because he was on the, the old hockey think tank podcast. Absolutely. Well, we were joking about it too, because uh, the guy who hired him, the new GM, Kent Hughes. So he uh, he's bo- lives in Boston or not anymore, but did live in Boston. He's a great agent. And so our team earlier in the year uh, played against his kids team in, uh, in Boston, the junior Eagles and beat them. And then uh, a couple other coaches here, another coach, they beat Marty St. Louis team because <laughs> he coaches his kids too. So we were like, man, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> we're doing good things, I guess. Yes. We're off to the NHL. There you go. Boom. Roasted. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, so that's really cool for him. I mean, um, it's, it's interesting. Like I love the hire because it's not the typical hire in the NHL. Like it's not the same recycled guys going in and out, you know? And so it's cool outside the box. Like you're not going to find very many people as passionate about the game as, as St. Louis. And so I just think it's, it's really cool that they're thinking outside the box and, and uh, you know, who knows how they're going to do like their team isn't very good and their, their depth and their roster isn't great, but it'll certainly inject some uh, you know, some motivation into the guys and maybe some excitement and hopefully they'll, they'll start to play a little bit better. Yeah. hundred percent. And and I'm excited because uh I've got one of my clients is on that team, Chris Weidman. So I'm excited to talk oh, yeah. to him and, and, you know, see how, how Marty is as a coach and get kind of the inside scoop there. So that'll be pretty cool. But like you said, I mean, one of the things that always has annoyed me in the NHL, as far as like the coaching stuff is like how they just always recycle the same guys, like nonstop recycling. Like, I don't understand it. That, like, I, obviously I do, but like, I mean, why don't you give a guy a college, a D1, D3, even like, I don't know, AHL European pro coach who has an unreal track record and, you know, has all these things and checks all the boxes. I don't understand why they don't give, you know, guys like that a chance. I mean, there's a reason why some of these coaches bounce around nonstop from team to team. And then you hear the players talk about the coach after and you're like, oh, <laughs> that's why that guy's been everywhere. Like the guys actually hate him. So it's, uh, <laughs> It's, it's cool to hear that, you know, somebody else is getting a shot. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And you mentioned Chris Weidman. So I got the chance to coach Wides when he played at Miami of Ohio for the year that I was there, he was a senior and and one of his classmates, another guy I want to talk about is Andy Mealy. He was a guy that I coached there. Uh, I talk about mental toughness, another guy that's not the biggest guy in the world. And he just got named the captain of team USA for the Olympics. Uh, they won eight, nothing today. Uh, this morning we're, uh, recording this on Thursday. And it's funny that this episode is coming up the day after meals gets his, uh, you know, gets his captaincy with team USA, because he's a, he's a kid for me that literally defines mental toughness, like he physical toughness. He played hard. Like he's probably five, seven, five, eight, but always gave it everything that he had. And, and, uh, but always worked for what he got to he was. And I think I've told this story on the podcast before, but you know, I was a graduate assistant that year at Miami the year that we had meals and he was a senior. And, and I don't want to say he underachieved in his first three years that he was there, but there was more definitely in the tank and he committed himself that summer and that year to be the best player that he can be. And literally, so I was a graduate assistant and so I did a lot of skill development with the guys and meals. He would like, like I would have class, you know, my graduate classes after practice that I would have to get to. And he'd be like, no, we're staying and we're doing skills. Like we got skills to do right now. <laughs> and it's just hilarious because 
he made me a better coach by having to, to work harder and think outside the comfort zone. And I always had to find new ways to challenge him um, because he got things quickly and, and it was always working on things. And, and so, you know, he was a guy that it, it, for whatever reason that year just decided, Hey, I'm going to be the guy. I don't care who's in my way. I'm going to be the guy. He ends up winning the Hobie Baker award that year, led the country in scoring went on to sign an, an NHL contract at five foot seven, five foot eight. And now he's the captain of team USA, the Olympic team. And, and I look back to that year that I had with him and how hard he worked every single, like there was no days off at all, no days off. And he didn't allow me to take days off as a coach, which was unreal because it made me better. And I think that's the mark of, of a true leader. And you talk about captaincy is it make people around you better. And, and he certainly did that that year. And, and the funny part about it, right. Is we started doing our skill stuff at the end of practice every day. And then he started to get a lot of the results, right. And just cause he was putting in the work, he was putting in the time. And then a lot of the other guys started to see that. And so what, what were like one-on-one sessions between the two of us started to be two-on-one sessions and then three-on-one and then four-on-one. And then eventually we had to break some stuff up because everybody wanted to be a part of it again because they saw how the results were coming after the work. And uh, it was just really cool, really humbling to, to be able to coach a kid like that. And now that he's um, the captain of Team USA, I just figured I'd share that story because it's, it's a, a great lesson for all the kids that are out there. Like it literally just took hard work for him. Like he had the skill, he had the talent. And then when he decided like, that's it, I'm going to do it. And I'm going to dedicate it everything that I have to this. It just, he just skyrocketed Hobie Baker. And here we are, however many years later, Captain Team USA. Very, very cool. Unbelievable. So well-deserved. I've, I've never played with him. I, I'm sure maybe I played against him. I don't even know, but just only heard really good things about him. But something I want to get into real quick, when you're talking about staying after and doing extra work with him and stuff like that. How, how much was your focus on quality of reps and resting between, or was it more like just going, 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 like how, how was your work? So the quality was one thing we talked about a lot, not in exactly that term. So we worked a lot on like in tight skills and especially scoring. And a lot of what we worked on wasn't necessarily the skill part of it. It was the mentality of it. Like it was all about attitude. It was all about intensity of the rep that we're doing. Right. So like, I would always be yelling, like, um, shoot, whether it was shoot to score or attitude, bury, you know, all those things just to get in a mindset where when I get into these areas, I'm going to build the confidence and I know I'm going to score. So it was like, I didn't care if he shot it wide. I didn't care what, I just wanted him to do each rep to the best of his ability from a mentality standpoint. Um, and that's what we worked on a lot. And I think, you know, I mean, I think it helped. I, I think if you watch some of the highlights from that year, um, a lot of the in tight skill stuff, especially around the net, like he just had like a different mentality around there and it, confidence grew from it. And it was pretty cool to see. Like I'm going to bury the puck through the back of the net. Exactly. Like, no, like it wasn't no just chance. like, here's, yeah, it wasn't just like, all right, here's 10 pucks, go, go. And just passing. It was like every time it was important, every shot, it was building that mentality muscle, let's call it in your brain of like, mm, I'm going to bury, you know? 
Yeah, I love that because I'm, uh, I've been working with Jamal Mayers, who's on TV for, he might be with, with ESPN. I don't know. He does stuff. He was with the, with the Black Hawks. Hawks. Yeah. Yeah. He, he still does stuff with the Blackhawks a lot. Um, you know, 15 year NHL career. So I'm training him and Tim Peel, um, you know, who we had on our podcast. And if there's anybody out there who didn't listen to that, that one, was awesome. hundred percent. That was a recent one, hundred percent. Listen to the podcast with Peelzy. It was unbelievable. And also so cool of him to open up and completely let us ask any questions we wanted to about, you know, the, the incident that happened at the end of his career. Um, but anyway, so training those two guys and one, another pro guy, um, Jordy Fox all together. And, you know, we see skill coaches on the ice sometimes doing stuff and, you know, jammer now does skills coaching, um, as a business, he's got a pretty big business here in St. Louis. It's going really well for him. And we we're just talking about the quality, like it's gotta be quality and how he has, you know, parents every now and then be like, well, I want the kid out there for an hour one-on-one with him. And he's like, no, he, he won't even do it. He's like, no, an hour is too long because I want every rep to be like full speed game mode or like full, full, you know, engagement, not just like busy work, not just, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to make you tired. It's like, let's work with a purpose, with, with a passion and a purpose, whatever the skill is, let's do it at, at our best we can possibly do. And I think that that's so important for a lot of coaches to hear because even in practice, we've, and we've talked about this. We, I feel like it's been maybe the first year in our podcast, we talked about it a lot, how, you know, a lot of coaches in USA hockey were starting to do the like, well, like let's not go to the board and let's not have kids sit around on the ice. But this is the same thing with a practice. If you're seeing that whatever, you know, drill you're doing, the skill that you're trying to work on within said drill is not being, you know, uh, executed well, stop the drill, stop the drill. Don't let them do it sloppy, bring them in. And then, you know, if you have the skill to demonstrate it, do so, or talk about like, Hey, this drill is for this skill or these two skills. We really want to make sure that these are clean. Like let's do them at full speed to the best of our abilities. Like let's work at it. Don't do it sloppy because sloppy work gets sloppy results. You might as well not even be out here. I just think that's so important for people to hear, you know, that intention behind things. And it's okay to stop kids, pros, whatever, when they're on the ice and be like, hey, like, no, 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 let's slow down. Let's take more time between reps so you're rested. And now you can go at 100%. Yeah, I like it. And, and I think the other thing too, I, I'll, I'll, I'll ask you this question because it's probably similar in the gym than it is on the ice when you're doing private lessons and stuff. Um, like, what are your thoughts on like the amount of people on in the ice? Because like, I don't think like one-on-one lessons are necessarily that beneficial. Like if I were to do it, I'd probably want to have three or four kids out on the ice if I was coaching them just because, um, again, you're talking about rest between reps, which is important. Um, you're talking about even a little bit of competition, which is important. Um, from a hockey standpoint, if you have more players out there, you can do more passing stuff and more game-like situation stuff than you know, just having one coach and one player out there. I just think it's a little bit more fun too. Um, so I don't know what you think. I think like uh, I think a sweet spot for me would be like four. Like if you were going to do more like individual intensive type skill training, I think like four is probably best. Is that, is that kind of along your wavelength on the ice? And then what do you think of like in the gym too? Yeah. I mean, a hundred percent. I think, I think that maybe at the highest levels, you know, college, 
pro if like every now and then if you really really need to work on a specific skill but like something said, very like, specific right yeah like, like super 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 specific but even on top of that there's going to be other people you know that need to work on that skill too um i think a couple reasons and looking at it from multiple perspectives here one from the player perspective yes i think having other players out there um helps with competition with passing to each other um you know, just like keeping each other accountable. Hey, come on, like, let's go, let's go pick it up. Or, you know, Hey, slow down, you know, just out there for that. From the coach's perspective, now you can really sit back and watch while the players are going, instead of you having to be in the drill, you can have that be coaching the drill and also be watching the drill from better angles to see, Oh, we need to work on this. Hey, this needs to tighten up. And then on top of that, from a um, economic standpoint, you have more players on the ice, most, most coaches or off the ice in the gym, they're going to do a sliding scale. So, all right, it's, you know, a hundred bucks, one-on-one for a half an hour. Well, two-on-one, it's 80 bucks per player. Four-on-one, it's 60 bucks per player. So then the coach can make more money um, and the players get to pay less money for like, the same practice, you know? So I think that's a win-win for both sides there as well. I think there's a lot of reasons why you should have multiple players out there. Yeah, there's it's and I, at the end of the day, it's just more fun too. like oh, I've done the fun. individual stuff and it's like, man, like you're trying to find ways to make it fun. You're trying to find ways to challenge the person a little bit because there's a lot of dead time. You can't like be going the entire half an hour or an hour. Kids need to rest in between certain reps, especially if you're doing some skating stuff. So, yeah, just thought I'd ask that question for. Yeah, no, I love it. Someone love as it. smart as you. So, <laughs> yeah mashed potato brains over here. <laughs> um, okay, well, let's take a little bit of a break here and then we'll get back and we'll talk about some mental toughness. What do you say? Done. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And we're back. <laughs> I'm never not going to laugh when we do that. <laughs> if we do we're that. We're so good at podcasting. <laughs> so professional. Yeah. So I, I'm really excited to talk about mental toughness here. Um, you know, I think one thing before we do get into it, we, we talked a lot about it with Matt Calderoni on the podcast that we had with him. So if you want to get even more in depth on some of the things that we're going to be talking about from someone who I would probably consider an expert in mental toughness, and this is what he does. He's a resilience coach. Um, I would go back and listen to our, our podcast with Matt Calderoni. We actually had him on twice, but we specifically, I think the last one that we did with him, we focused a lot on the mental toughness aspect of, of training. And so go back and listen to that one. He's, he's a stud in, in what he does. Um, but yeah, we're getting the time of the year Vex where it's playoffs. It's a little bit more of a grind. The games are a little bit harder. Everybody's a little bit more tired, whether you're in youth hockey or all the way up into, into professional hockey. And so I think mental toughness right now is, is the separator between the, the players that are ultimately going to be at their best and, and reach as close as they can to their potential at this time of the year is not. Is that something that you would agree with? A hundred percent. You know, as, as the season goes on, there's so many wears, 
so many that doesn't make sense that's not a word that makes sense there there are <laughs> I don't even so know many what you just said <laughs> i was thinking of like wearing on your body there's so many stressors ah, um, there's physical there there's mental there's emotional um, especially for younger players, you know, where am I going to be next year? Where am I going to play? Am I going to get a tender or a draft a scholarship? All of these different things, college players, am I going to get a contract? So there's a lot of different stressors on top of just the game of hockey. So um, mental toughness, I think, comes in big here because are with all these stressors, are you going to be able to keep doing all of the things you need to do outside of the actual playing the game to make you your best, having good practices, focusing on recovery and sleep, nutrition, still getting your workouts in so you stay strong and injury, more injury resilient, resistant. You know, there's so many things that go into that. And I believe mental toughness is a big part of being able to keep doing all those things as the season gets a little bit more and more stressful as we wind down to, to crunch time. Yeah. So if you were like going to talk to a kid about mental toughness, you know, what do you think are attributes of, of a player that is mentally tough? Who, uh, great question. Um, I think number one is going to be learning how to battle adversity and get yourself out of, you know, the hole. Like everybody's going to have a bad shift period or game, or maybe all the above, it will happen. Um, you know, and, and sometimes a coach might get on you because he's looking to get the best out of you. Um, so those are all different, like very simple things that is going to be adversity for a player. And if you're mentally tough, you'll be able to get yourself out of it or out of it quicker more efficiently, whatever. Um, so I think that's one of them. I think another big thing that that goes into mental toughness is always wanting to win, like no matter what. And I, I know that's kind of a separate skill, but like also the best players in the world at any sport, they all want to win all the time. And there's going to be days where those players are tired or are sick or They've got stuff going on in their life, so they're a little bit distracted. But those people are so mentally tough that they still find a way to put that stuff aside for when they're playing the game and give their best. And I think that's a very big indicator of mental toughness. Yeah, I, I love how you talk about competitiveness there because I totally agree. Like all of the best athletes ever, one of their most defining traits is mental toughness and also competitiveness and probably talent, <laughs> not probably, and definitely talent, but like two of the three of those, um, that, that, that are basically what we're talking about here today. And I agree. And, and the competitiveness piece to it, um, I feel like a hundred percent you're correct in the fact that they always want to win, but they're also really, really competitive with themselves as well. And they always want to be better. Like they're always looking for that new edge. They're always, um, you know, competing with other players on work ethic, not just on results too, right? Like I want to be the hardest working person. I'm going to stay um, on the ice last and until the last person's on there, I'm going to be the first to arrive. And, and, and again, like you said, it's on the days where you feel like it. It's on the days where you don't feel like it. It's on the days that you're hurt. It's on the days where you're feeling hundred percent, like they just kind of stay the course. And so the competitiveness aspect of it is, is huge. And in, in, in both of those different ways, I think having people to compete with and want to win at something brings the best out of those types of people. Sometimes it brings the worst out of those people, but that's, you know, just a piece that you have 
have to deal with. They're just so freaking competitive. It is what it is. And we've all been there, um, but they're also competing with themselves. Like there, there's this intrinsic motivation to always want to be better, to always want to be, um, you know, the best that you can be. And mentally tough people are able to put in the work every single day um, and, and not worry about the distractions. Um, they're able to, to fight those out, not worried about the things that they can't control. And so uh, a lot of it does come back to compete. Compete is unreal. I love that. I think that's a massive point to everyone I know that I consider mentally tough they, it doesn't matter the outside factors that are being, you know, pushed upon them, whether it's life hockey, they have a bad, they, they don't, they take a bad penalty and you get scored on or like, whatever, like players who are not mentally tough will be down on themselves. They'll be, you know, what is the coach thinking about? What's the team thinking about me? Mental tough, mentally tough people, mentally tough players. Like they're going to find a way to just okay, I messed up. I'm going to go make up for it. I'm going to go make up for it. I can't change that. Boom. Let's go. And they don't lose any of their, their calmness, their temper, anything. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, they're just always like, they're always on when they need to be. They're always on when they need to be. Yeah. It's interesting. You, you, you talk about that. It's quite a few players that I feel like people would view them as mentally tough maybe 20 years ago, but I think it's defined a little bit differently today. When we were kind of growing up, like the, the showing of frustration, I almost feel like was a positive. It was almost like you were holding yourself accountable. So you come back to the bench and you're beating yourself up. It's like, oh yeah, he's tough. He's tough on himself. You know what I mean? Like, do, do, you, like, do you get that sense? Did, did you get that sense growing up? That's kind of how it was? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, probably. Yeah. I know, I know exactly what you're saying. Yeah. yeah, So I I feel like now, and, and I don't, I don't think that's mental toughness. Like I think that's mental weakness. Uh, I, I think mentally tough does not mean beating yourself up. I think mentally tough is having the ability to park whatever mistake you just made and, and be on to the next shift or be on to the next rep and trying to do that to the best of your ability. And as much as that doesn't seem like macho manly, it's, it's much more macho and manly to beat yourself up in public. And it's like, Oh man, this guy really cares. But at the end of the day, you're just beating yourself up. And as, as much of on the outside, it may look like a, uh, a show of, of strength. It's, it's really a, I think you're showing weakness. I, I 100% agree. There's no doubt about it. Cause like also think about it from like, if you're playing a game against another team and you miss a breakaway or whatever, and the team's chirping you and stuff and you go back to the bench and break your stick over the bench. If I'm that team that's chirping you, I'm in, I'm like, we're in we his won. head, boys. Let's yeah. go. We won. We won. We're in his head. And you, you know, that player is like off their game. They're wasting energy. They're wasting effort. They're burning calories. They don't need to do during the game. Like just, so it's like, it's, it's, you're so right. Being able to come back after any type of mistake, whether it's again, a shift, period, a game, a bad day, a bad week, a bad month, an injury, the most mentally tough players, like you said, they park that they, oh, they learn from it real quick. Boom. It's out of the mind. Okay. I'm going to move on and I'm back on track. Those are the most mentally tough players that I've ever played with. It's not the, you know, the fake, Oh, I'm so angry. I'm going to punch yeah. the wall. Like, no, that's stupid. The, the Andy Bernard. <laughs> <laughs> the nerd dog punching the wall. The nerd dog, uh, good old, hey, he's a Cornell boy. Yeah. And uh, I, I talk with my team this year individually with a lot of the players about self-talk with that stuff. 
Uh, I'm a big believer in self-talk and like, how are you treating yourself? Because your brain interprets somebody else saying something to you and you saying something to you very similarly. <laughs> so, it, you know, how would it feel? And this is what I talk to the kids about. Like, how would it feel if I, as a coach said some of the things that you said to yourself? Like, if I said that to you, what would happen? And they would be like, that would not be good. <laughs> you know, if I, you know, kids will come back to the bench and say, oh, you're an effing this or that, or you suck. Or like, what would you think if I said that to you? Uh, that would, yeah, I wouldn't feel very good. Well, it's very similar if you say those things to yourself too, right? So um, like just your self-talk is really important. And when I talk to them now, a lot of times I'll go back to, okay, give me three words or three things that is your identity or thing, something that makes you really, really good. All right, uh, fast, competitive, and I don't know, something else. Okay, when you come back to the bench, like, all right, those are, that's what you're saying to yourself, Okay whether it was a good shift, whether it was a bad shift. Okay. Here's my self-talk. Boom, boom, boom. These three things reminds me who I am, reminds me the type of player I am when I'm at my best. And then hopefully that can help to um, get them in a mindset where they're able to go and compete at their best instead of beating themselves up, which is not going to help them to do that. A hundred percent, man. It's, how do we, do they, do when you tell their kids that, you know, your brain can't distinguish between me saying something, you know, somebody else saying something and you saying something. Do they respond to that? Yeah. I mean, it makes yeah. total sense. Like, yeah. like what would happen if I said this to you, what you just yeah. said to yourself? And it's like, right. oh, I would, that would not, I would not like that. Right. So, um, right. yeah, it, it, it's just a way to kind of put it into perspective where it's like, Hey, this isn't like you're treating yourself this way. It's not good, man. Yeah. And I, I remember listening to a psychologist, probably a sports psychologist, I can't remember if it was a regular psychologist, sports psychologist, but it doesn't really matter, um, to talk about literally what you just said. Our brain, when it's keeping score, it doesn't know when somebody, if you talked, you know, bad stuff about me or if I was saying it bad about me. And I think that it's self-talk is one of the most important things to be healthy mentally and successful at anything you want to be successful in life. I truly believe it's literally one of the most important things. Who are you talking to more throughout your life other than yourself, just in yeah. your head, like your thoughts, you know? So it's so important what you're saying to yourself and how you're treating yourself. And it doesn't mean being phony, but it means like, well, you can always change your perspective. Like we always say, so if something bad happens instead of, you know, blaming yourself and telling yourself you suck and I effed up and all that type of stuff like that does there's no positive that comes out of that instead changing yourself talk to something like okay what could I have done there all right okay I'm going to do it next time quickly just envision yourself doing whatever you just messed up on do it correctly and immediately move on because you cannot change the past so I think you bring up such a good point that again the most mentally tough players and people I know they, their self-talk is elite. It's not, you know, you don't hear them chirping themselves. It's their self-talk is elite. Yeah. And one thing just to kind of add to what you were saying that I've heard um, some people talk about is acceptance, like just acceptance of the way that things are acceptance that you just made a mistake, but also the acceptance that that mistake isn't going to determine your next shift, you know, acceptance that this, this bad thing happened. Okay. It happened. Let's accept that that thing happened. Okay. And then let's move on. So I think it's almost part of the grieving process of like your, your mistakes and how you're treating yourself. It's just like, okay, this is one isolated incident that happened. Um, and let's accept it for what it is. 
and let's move on to the next thing. You know what I mean? Like I've, I've heard that that's a big part of being able to move on from, from potentially beating yourself about things. Yeah. I love that. I love that. And I don't remember personally when I learned how important self-talk was, I would assume it was probably college or pro. I was a little bit older, but as soon as I started like really focusing on not beating myself up for, you know, mess ups or bad days or whatever. And instead like trying to immediately flip the script and just be like, okay, well, how do I spin this on its head and and have a better day tomorrow, better shift, better game, better week, whatever it is. Like my life changed. There's no doubt about it. I think another part of that about being mentally tough um, to go into this and it's all connected is uh, responsibility. I think taking responsibility for everything, like, again, best players in the world, they mess up. Like they, they, they take responsibility for the mess up, which allows them to learn from it and then change whatever they did and, and moving forward, start to, you know, do whatever they need to do to, to do their job correctly. Whereas other people point fingers and, you know, that's not mentally tough at all. You're not taking the responsibility. Oh, I could have done something better there, which means you're probably not learning from what you just did, you know, where you messed up. So I think responsibility is a big one. Yeah. You got a dog. You got a responsibility. (laughs) I was like, what? (laughs) You got to get out there. You got to find that effing dog. (laughs) If you guys don't know what movie that's from, please stop listening to our podcast. The puppy who lost its way. (laughs) See, the puppy society... Oh God, we can go on for this. Yeah, oh, Miss Lippy. <laughs> you know her car is green, right? Yeah, Miss Lippy was foxy. And Billy likes way. to drink soda. <laughs> uh, okay, anyway, so yeah, man, uh, accountability and responsibility for your actions. Yeah, I, I do think it, it, it allows you to focus on the stuff that you want to focus on. I think the people who point fingers, like you said, and the people who don't like to take responsibility for the results that happen in their life, um, they're, they're not focused on the one thing that's going to make them better. And that's a lot of what mental toughness is. It's the ability to focus in any type of situation or environment to, to be at your best. And so, yeah, that's a lot of that is taking accountability for yourself and for your own journey. And at the end of the day, like things outside of your control very much have an effect on the results of, of what you want. There's no ifs, ands, or buts around it, and there's no way to get around it. But the more that you can accept that and the more that you can take control of the things you can control and, and the more you can accept the, uh, you know, the responsibility of it, I, I think you're going to be closer to being mentally tough and in the way that you want to get to where you want to get to. It's a great point. I love it. I love it. I love it. Like if, if you're, if you're accountable, you are going to grow from the bad times because you're going to look in the mirror and be like, well, I'm, I messed up there or I could have done better or I could have, you know, done it differently. And so being accountable and, and a responsible person, it allows you to grow and, you know, that's not easy. It's not easy to, to, you know, point the thumb back at you instead of point. It's so easy to point fingers. Wow. They should have done this. No, no, I should have done better. I'm going to learn from it. I'm going to do it moving forward. Let's go. Boom. I'm, I'm immediately better. And yeah. that's, that's a sign of a mentally tough person for sure. 
Yeah. And we've talked a lot about like, you know, kind of getting up when you've been punched down a little bit, but I think that, um, I think a determiner of mental toughness as well is how, how you stay the course, not only in the tough times, but in the good times as well, because you are, if you work hard, you're probably going to have some sort of success at some point. And so I feel like mentally tough people understand that it was the work and it was the adversity that allowed you to get to the success. And then they stay the course because it's so easy to be complacent when things are going well. That's why it's so hard to be great. That's why you don't see that many people with these long careers at these high stakes positions, whether it be in athletics or in, in business or whatever, it's because those are the people that have the discipline and, and the mental toughness to stay the course and want even more, you know, when, when things are going right. And, and, you know, we live in a pat on the back. Um, everybody gets a trophy society right now where that kind of thing is it's, it's easy to get, it's easy to get validation for not doing that much, <laughs> you know? Um, and so once you start getting that praise, I would say probably 98% of the people in the world, probably no 99.9% people in the world are going to rest on those laurels and they're not going to continue to stay the course with the things that got them to be successful. Mentally tough people understand that the grind is a necessary part to it and they continue to do the things uh, it goes back to what you said on the days they feel like it on the days they don't feel like it on the days where they're getting the praise and the validation on the days when they're not getting the praise and validation. It's, it's literally just staying the course and continuing to do things that make them successful. Like for me, that's a huge part of being mentally tough as well. Discipline. It's discipline, discipline and mental toughness are one in the same. And like consistency. Yeah. You know, these aren't, I wouldn't say these are all synonyms, but I would say that they're all, very interrelated like and and when you put all big words two and a half years college and (laughs) all of these all of these skills when you kind of interlock them intertwine them and it becomes part of your fabric of your mindset and of your being that creates a mentally tough person so for anyone listening who's like you know i want to work on mental toughness with my team or i want to be a more mentally tough coach, player, ref, parent, whatever it is, you know, I think that you, you break it down um, and you start like uh, with mental toughness at the top and then you bring down, you know, little layers. Okay. Well, to be a mentally tough person, I need to be, you know, responsible. I need to be dedicated. I need to be, you know, consistent. I need to be um, competitive, competitive, you know, all all of these things. I think uh, my self-talk has to be good, positive, you know, something that's going to lead to growth, not just beating myself up. Um, I think that then once you break it down, then it's easier to focus on those things. And when you focus on those things, now you start to do them over and over, they become a habit. And now all of a sudden, now you're mentally tough. And now every day, people know what they're going to get from you. And that's what people want in life, whether that's on a hockey team or a, as a coach, players predictability, consistency, predictability. Yeah. yeah. Or, you know, you're going to work or your business owner, whatever it is, people want to know what they're going to get from you. Um, and, you know, the more mentally tough people are, they, they're, they know, people know what it's, what's expected and then they're, they're going to flock to you. So I think, you know, focus on those things, kind of the subheadings underneath, 
uh, mental toughness. Let me ask you a question. Like, think about let's let's call it a hundred people um, that are mentally tough. Okay, what do you think the percentage of those people who let's call them mentally tough have a routine? I would assume a lot of them. <laughs> I would if we're gonna say a hundred. I mean, I don't know because I have known a couple of people who are a little more like loosey goosey, fly by the seat of their pants, but even within that, they still, they're still like creatures leaving some habit. stuff on the table. Oh well, yeah. They're, they're, well, yeah, but yeah, I, I think so. Um, but they're like, they're like, you know, they, they, they're able to be loose within a structure. They still have a structure, even though they're unstructured, they are unstructured within a structure. But yeah, I would agree. I think that, uh, I'm just like going in a maze right now. I, I think that most people, they, they're, you know, they're pretty dialed in on their routines and their, their schedules and all that type of stuff. Yeah. I, I think, you know, for all the kids that are listening to this or, you know, anybody really that, that want to develop that mental toughness muscle, I think getting a routine is, is extremely important. I think that the more you have structure to your day and the more that you can put routine into what you do, it's going to give you that consistency that you need to, to get that 1% better every day and to, and to stick with it. Like if you don't, if you don't plan at night for what you're going to do tomorrow, like you're already 95% behind, you know what I mean? Like you have to be prepared and you have to somehow find a way to have routine. And that's like, that's what we do at high level sports and high level hockey is we give these guys routine. You know, we practice at the same time every day. Uh, we lift at the same time every day. You know, uh, it's, it's routine that helps to, to get people to have that like accountability structure to make sure that they're doing the things necessary on a consistent basis. And so I would say like, if you want to be a little bit more mentally tough and you want to get that 1% better every day, your probably first fix is to put a routine in your day. You know, I'm going to be doing this at this time, this at this time, every day, every day, every day. And then the second thing to that is putting an accountability structure, like have an accountability buddy um, or, or something to that effect or, or hire a coach um, that can help you to, to do those things as well. Yeah, totally. 100%. How, uh, how do you hire an accountability coach? Uh, I mean, there's, there's success coaches out there, you know, we, like Craig Ballantyne we had on the podcast. That's another one you want to learn uh, about mental toughness, yeah. like, you know, and, and you can do that, but like for the kids, you do it with a friend, like do it with yeah. a teammate, you know, like, Hey, I got it. And I do this. Um, I, I have a teammate, uh, Charlie cook and, and a good buddy of mine, Nick Petraga, we text each other every night. So I have a, a notebook that I have the things that I have to do every day and I check the things off and then I take a picture of it and I send it to them every night before I go to bed. And usually a lot of the checks are checked because I have that routine and I have that accountability with it. So I've been better at the things that I need to be better at. Um, I, I wish I did this stuff as a player. Um, you know, I think we both worked really, really hard. I, we didn't have necessarily maybe the structure that we needed to really get to that next, 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 next level. 
um, by, by doing that. But yeah, I would say for anybody, like just a, a buddy or for, for the adults, a coworker or a mentor or just your wife or your husband. I mean, there, there's so many people around you that, that want what's best for you, you know? And so it could, it could, you can hire somebody for sure. But if you don't have the means or you don't want to do that, just do it with somebody that, you know. Yeah. And that, that two things, one, I did all this stuff because I wasn't like you were, you were so nasty at hockey and I just, I didn't have that. Like I was obviously good, but like at the higher levels, like I wasn't, I wasn't there with like the best players, you know? So like my way to level up was to do all this stuff. Like I had lists everywhere. I had my pregame routine written on my phone for 10 years, always letting it ebb and flow, always schedules of everything. Like that's just how my brain had to work or else I would not be successful. And I, I wouldn't even made it to college hockey. I don't think if I wouldn't have like done this stuff. Yeah. So that's why I love doing this. Cause I'm like, dude, all you guys are more skilled than me. All you guys are better than me. If you do this stuff, like I know that it's going to take you at least to a higher level than you would get to without it. But um, talking about accountability, buddy, like, I love that you do that. And I remember when you told me that you showed me it, uh, it might've been a month ago now. And you showed me like what your daily tasks are and how you're checking them off and showing them to somebody. And I, I think that's so cool. And, you know, even off the ice, like it, it's so funny, like Jamal uh, in the gym yesterday and, and Peelsy, I was making them do uh, backwards sled drags and for like 40 yards. And that's, that's a quad burner and it burns a lot, you know? And they, they were just like, they sat down after the second set, just talking, you know, with each other. And you're like, Oh my God, if you weren't here, I would have quit by now. There is no way I would be doing this. Both talking about me as the coach training them and their friend right next to them going through the same hard stuff too, yeah. you know? So it's so important to bring that accountability buddy. And I, and I said to Jammer, you know, it reminds me of that quote. It's something to the effect of, if you want to go fast, go by yourself. If you want to go far, go with another, you know? And Ooh. I, it's, it's, yeah. Woo. Yeah. It's a, it's a really good one, but um, you know, so I think that Another thing, you know, if anybody's taking notes here or just thinking about how they can work on their mental toughness from things we talked about in this episode, it's getting accountability buddy, whether that's mom, dad, sister, brother, dog, you know, coach, trainer, whoever, getting accountability buddy. Yeah, for sure. And, and you know what the interesting thing about this structure that we're talking about too, I've found when I have that versus when I don't really have that, the amount that I'm stressed decreases so significantly it's not even funny because you have your tasks and when you complete your tasks like that feels good and it doesn't leave things to chance you know when you don't really have that structure you're not setting goals um you you just kind of feel like you're not getting stuff done and then things aren't getting done and then it just it, it just adds and then it starts to add up right so like the stress gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and so adding that into my life, you know, I, everybody's stressed, right? <laughs> I got three freaking kids, man, under five years old. Like there's a lot going on. Um, and so I feel like, you know, when I've stayed true and stuck with the routine and stuck with the accountability and really having a schedule and a structure, it's just led to so much less stress in my life and so much better mental health in my life. And, and I'm sure there's people out there that are listening to this, especially the parents listening to this on the way to the practice, driving their kids to the rink. Like, um, you know, I, I, I really do think it, it, it helps from a mental health standpoint, just decreases the stress in your life. One hundred 
percent. And I, I, that made me think of another thing, I guess I would probably add to people who are mentally tough, especially hockey players is their preparation. You know, they're, they're prepar- they're preparing the right way for things. And that doesn't mean just like warming up for a game, whatever that means for you. That means like when you're going on the road, did you grab healthy snacks for your bag to be on the bus? Or are you just going to grab the candy and the shit from other players who brought, you know, absolute garbage? You know, did you bring a pillow and a blanket so you have a good sleep on the bus? Like that's preparation because then you recover better for your back-to-back game in juniors, you know, like, um, and talking about stress. And this is something that I started doing when I was, when I was probably in, I don't know, probably college, I'd say, um, preparing all my stuff the night before for the more the next morning because my freshman year of college we practiced at the ass crack of dawn i want to say like we had to get to the rink at like 6 30 or 7 or something we had to eat before that in the dining hall um so you know that's tough in college when you got homework and you're in the dorms you're hanging with the boys all the time and and whatever um so for me i started always like making sure all my stuff for the next day was ready in my bags by the door everything done which unbelievably declutters your mind and de-stresses your body and your mind the next morning. And I, you know, like we told, like we said earlier, like it's harder to be mentally tough now that we're out of hockey. Um, I still consider myself a mentally tough person, but I can definitely get back to the things that I did used to do religiously every day, no matter what during my career and the mornings where I wake up and I have to get all my supplements ready for the whole day and all my meals in my bag and, you know, two or three sets of different clothes. Cause I coach and then I have to work out and I'm disgusting and stinky and sweaty all day. When I don't do that stuff the night before the next morning, I I'm leaving the, the house and I'm like in a rush. My heart beats up. I'm a little bit stressed. I have a little bit of anxiety when I do all that stuff the night before and it's just sitting by the door. So when I wake up, I can have a nice relaxed morning the difference in the, my, my emotions, my vibe, the rest of the day, it's wild. It's wild. So like, I think preparation is a really big one for mental, mentally tough people as well. Yeah. That's one of my goals for every day is to plan, plan, plan PM and then check it off. Uh, I, I totally agree. And you know what the funny thing about it too is like, and it goes back to mental toughness. It's simple, but not easy. Um, it takes you what, five to 10 minutes to do that if that yeah but it's so hard to do it five to ten minutes every single day it's so easy just to say ah i'll do it in the morning ah yeah but that five to ten minutes as small and minute as it sounds like mental toughness man like it it requires (laughs) a significant amount of mental toughness to do that every day but you think about like the snowball effect that it has like just the simple thing of planning five to ten minutes before i go to bed and how that literally can change your morning whether you have anxiety going into the day or whether you feel good and confident going into the day i've been waking up i've been waking up at 5 30 every morning and getting something done in the morning Um, something, just one task that has to happen, whether it's a small thing, like, you know, just like, uh, cleaning up my emails or it's a big thing, uh, whatever it may be like, there's, there's just whatever that most important thing is for the day. Like I get up and I, and this is from Craig Valentine. Again, go listen to that episode that we have with Craig Valentine. It was unbelievable. A lot of the stuff that we're talking about, I've gotten from him. Um, you know, that, that, that one thing, it just puts you in such a better 
frame of mind going into the day when you already feel like you've accomplished something and especially having small kids and, and not having a ton of time other than when they're sleeping <laughs> to, to, to really do stuff because you're either working or you're with your kids or they're sleeping and then you're tired, right? But you still have to find a way, find a freaking way. And that's what mentally tough people do. They find an effing way. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay. So I'll take one more little small break here. Come back. A couple more things we want to talk about as it relates to mental toughness and we'll get her going. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. And we're back again. <laughs> Sorry. It's too good. We've got to think of something to say before every time. I know. Like, here comes your ad read. I think I think that has to come from you. I do the I do the intro that sounds like you know that sounds I'll like it sounds like you're gonna have to think of something. I'll think of something for the next one. If anybody's got any uh any ideas on what we yeah, should say shoot before it to every us. ad read, like literally send it to Topher I and maybe we'll just try out different ones over the next couple episodes and then we'll uh, we'll decide which one we'd like the most. That'd be pretty cool if you guys send something. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so a couple more things I want to talk about. Uh, the first one, I think mentally tough people are open to taking criticism. I think that's a huge thing for people that are mentally tough because at the end of the day, they have an appetite to, to get better, to want to get better, and you have to be coached hard to get better. Um, you know, all of the best players in the world, all of the, uh, many of the best business leaders in the world, they all have a coach, somebody to hold them accountable. Um, some coaches that you have do it differently than others. And then I feel like mentally tough people are able to accept criticism and take that criticism to, to use it to get better. Whereas I feel like, a um, you know, an attribute, let's call it of somebody that isn't as mentally tough or mentally weak, like they don't want to be coached. You think that's a fair assessment? hundred percent one even and they might say they want to be coached but then when somebody coaches them they're not looking at the coach in the eye they're not fully present and it's just kind of like uh-huh 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 like yeah yeah as so coaches right. we know we know yeah. yeah it's like why am i even wasting my my time my energy my brain power my breath on you because you're not fully paying attention like what, what are you doing yeah yeah and 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 I would say you know for for especially the kids that are listening I think having the ability when you're getting criticism to understand that it, it's not personal like this person's just trying to push me outside my comfort zone this person's just trying to to make me better like take take the personalness out of it um, take the tone out of it. Like just focus on what they're saying and use what they're saying to, to better yourself. And I just think that ability to accept that criticism in the right way and use it to motivate yourself to get better, learn something, you know, too. Um, I, that's, I, I just feel like mentally tough people are, are way more open to that. You know, I guess maybe to even, uh, even to break that down, like into simplistic terms, like they're always looking to grow. Like they're, they're, they're looking for opportunities to continuously grow and not just be static, whether that's a coach telling them something they're reading, 
their internal dialogue, their self-talk, you know, allows, allows them to learn from mistakes. Uh, I think it's all, it all like, again, everything's so intertwined here. Intertwined? Intertwined. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. It's, um, yeah, just that, that quest for improvement, but you need people to push you to, to have that, you know, and the people who think that they can do it themselves, like even the most mentally tough, motivated people understand that they need other people to hold them accountable and to push them. Michael Jordan hired, you know, a strength coach. And that was a huge, when, when Phil Jackson was there to hold him accountable, you know, that was the turning point of, of his career. Um, and so, yeah, you just accept the criticism, um, and, and use it as an opportunity to get better. Right. Love it. Absolutely. At it. the end of the day. Um, and then the last thing I want to talk about, I think mentally tough people are really good at, um, eliminating distractions or just kind of like understanding how to deal with the noise that comes with trying to be really good at something. That'd be a fair assessment too. Like there's so 100%. many distractions that can get you away from the the goal or the focus. And, and again, mentally tough people, I think they really have an, uh, uh, um, what's the word? I think they really have an ability, let's call it, to drown the stuff out that really doesn't mean anything and really doesn't matter. And that's a lot of the things that I would call mentally weak people. They focus a lot on those things, the things that they can't control, the opinions of other, the comparative culture, um, throw social media in there with that and and what people are kind of saying and what you think people are saying about you. Uh, mentally tough people have an ability to, to recognize that those are distractions and don't mean much and they continue to stay their course. hundred percent. Just laser focused again on probably like continual, continuous growth, you know, a, a continuous growth, whether bad stuff, good stuff, medium stuff, you know, always looking to, to pull the good stuff from a bad situation um, to make themselves better and able to, like, like I said earlier, like, um, you know, in pro guys got a lot going on, whether, you know, their kids are at home, right. Played with guy. I played with one guy in Norway. He was, uh, he was one of our captains and his baby was colic. Um, you know, so like, literally, literally the baby did not sleep. So like he'd come to practice and he'd be like, Bex, I slept for 30 minutes last night. Yeah. And there were times where like, you could tell he had no energy, but like, dialed with as much as he could be dialed, like so dialed, like yeah. always, always there, always still the same, you know? So like finding a way to, to mute the outside noise and be able to grow and execute on your tasks is extremely important. And that goes back to predictability, like you said earlier. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting. So one of the sayings or one of the quotes that I, I talk about in a lot of my team building stuff, when I talk to a bunch of the kids, it's actually a quote, quote from Tony Robbins. And he says, most people fail in life because they major in minor things. Isn't that good? Like, I think that's really, really good because like, again, it goes back to our thoughts. What are we focusing on? Are we focusing on the things that really matter our attitude, our work ethic, who we surround ourselves with, you know, how much effort we're putting into the things that we do and, and into our relationships and the things that are going to make us better versus are we putting our thoughts and our effort into things that don't really matter? 
the opinions, specifically like the opinions of others <laughs> that don't matter. I think that's what brings a lot of people down. And so if you're able to really kind of put your focus on the things that, that matter and, and every, for everybody, different things matter to different people. Um, but for the things that matter, can we put our time and effort and energy into those things? I think that's kind of a staple of a lot of, you know, mentally tough people. I want a hundred percent agree. Hundred percent. You said a hundred percent a lot today, dude. I, you know, we feel like I'm on a roll we, now. Well, we obviously, you know, we we look at things, especially in this. I guess I would classify all of what we're talking about as the mental side of the game. Yeah. Even though you have to do physical to be mentally tough, you have to do physical things. But like, it's more of the mental side of the game, and I just think that, you know, with with my not like terrible lack of skill, but like my a little bit less than, you know, the levels I played at and your um, size, you know, disadvantage, especially at the top, the era of the, when we played hockey, like it was a lot harder because guys in college were freaking monsters. Everyone on your team was six eleven. Um, you know, we, we had to find ways around that. And I think developing mental toughness, we both did it, you know, and it's funny because like we never really talked like this. Why didn't we talk about this stuff when we were coming? I don't know. Like, I mean, we you know? did, did anybody? I mean, maybe. But I mean, like, why didn't you and I talk about this stuff? Because we both yeah. were always talking about hockey and how to get better with our own teammates, you know, and, you know, like finding ways and talking to whoever to try and find ways to get better throughout our career. But, you know, it's, it's it kind of looking back, it's kind of a shame we didn't like have these conversations just to help us be even better yeah. at the time, you know? For so sure. maybe, maybe there's something for any players listening or any coaches listening, uh, encourage your players to talk to each other and ask, you know, some in-depth serious questions of each other, um, ask you so that they really like think about what they're doing because reflection is a huge piece of growth, totally. uh, especially in hockey and honesty, getting honest feedback from your teammates. Like you might think you went a hundred percent, but maybe you didn't. And asking your teammates, you know, how was my effort today? And somebody said, or my attitude or this, or my attention to detail. And you know, if, if you think you were at a 10, but all of your teammates are like, Hey, you know what, you know what, Jeff, you, you were at a seven today. That would be huge information for you. Cause you'd be like, wow. I thought I was at a 10. They're saying I'm at a seven. That means I've got three, seven, eight, nine, ten levels that if I give more, then I'm going to automatically be better. So I don't know. Maybe that's something uh, we should start encouraging as coaches is yeah. some like reflection time within the team. Honest feedback. Yeah. Yeah. Honest yeah. feedback from, from your peers. That's, <laughs> that's the most powerful feedback, isn't it? And hopefully that will, uh, help kids to not be as soft for sure um all right man this was this was a lot of good stuff i think on mental toughness what do you think yeah i think i hope you guys like this one a lot as tof and i talk about all the time i think that the best the guys who make it the furthest and you know really hit their ceilings um as far as potential, like they are usually the most mentally tough and the guy that for sure, there's no doubt about it. The guys who probably go further than most people or almost anyone would say in their career, they surpass whatever their ceilings were. Those guys are always mentally tough. Like I, I don't know any guy at any level where, you know, they made it past where, you know, they, maybe they should have was because of their extreme ability to, to have mental toughness. 
Yeah. And hopefully we were able to give everybody that's listening kind of what we feel like mental toughness is, but, but even above and beyond that, what are some ways that you can, you can develop it too, because it is like mental toughness is not something that you can go to the store and buy. I don't think mental toughness is necessarily something that you're born with or without. I think it's, 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 uh, it gets better or gets worse every day based on the choices that you make on all of the stuff that we were talking. It's a muscle, just like everything else. You get better, you get worse, you get more of, you get less of based on the way that you treat yourself, uh, based on how much effort you're putting into certain things and how consistent you are with the things that you need to do to, to help make yourself better and, and ultimately more mentally tough. So um, hopefully we've given everybody a pretty good perspective on it and some things to do to, to help and, and build it. And so this, uh, this has been a lot of fun. And uh, you know what else is a lot of fun? What's that? Using gel sticks. <laughs> I knew you were going there. <laughs> Want to talk about gel sticks, Jeffrey? Gel sticks, G-E-L-S-T-X dot com. If you're looking for weighted training aids, whether you're talking about hockey sticks, you're talking about lacrosse sticks, you're just talking about getting better with a weighted training aid. Gelsticks, G-E-L-S-T-X dot com is where you're going to go. If you use the code think tank, one word, think and tank, not the word and in there, should have taken that out. Redo, think tank, one word, you'll get a discount on gel sticks. There you go. Thanks to Lounzy and, uh, and the gel sticks guys for their support for our podcast. Thank you to train heroic as well. Jeff's training app that you can get on your phone. And I just want to say uh, to anybody listening, I actually just dropped uh, hip mobility level one on train. Oh yeah. With, That's sick. With, dude. Yeah. With my boy, Dr. Tony Katakis, he's the, uh, sports medicine, uh, chiropractor, CSCS PT. This guy's one of the smartest human beings I've ever seen that works with athletes. Um, him and I partnered together to drop hip mobility level one. It is three 20 minute sessions per week for four weeks. Each week progressed week after week. So there's three workouts a week. Every week, each workout, one, two, and three, is progressed for the four weeks. Um, it, it, I wouldn't even call it a workout. You could do this as part of your warm-up before you go to the gym, before practice. You could do it at night as a separate workout, um, but they're not very taxing. But we work on uh, passive, active, and dynamic um, strength, mobility, stability, all of that in the hips. Uh, I think close to a hundred people, 90 people, maybe I bought it now just in this first couple four days, we've had it out alone. And the feedback has been amazing. I have pro soccer players, pro hockey players, college junior. I have teenagers doing it. I have coaches doing it so that they can be better to teach their teams. Um, anybody's interested, let me know. And since this is the podcast and we absolutely love everyone who listens, I'm going to give you guys a 10% discount code for it. Uh, the code is VEX. V-E-C-C-H-S, V-E-C-C-H-S. So if you go to uh, Google, type in uh, train heroic ripped hockey uh, hip mobility or just train heroic ripped hockey and you'll find it right away. Level one, you can start at any time, four weeks. Level two will be dropping in four weeks to uh, up the ante two and help you uh, all get more out of your bodies. Is it all in the hips? It's all like Chubbs in Peterson. the hips. It's all in the hip. Well, ease it on somebody else. <laughs> Just easing the tension, baby. Easing the tension, baby. <laughs> oh, man, I love it. All right. And then uh, we do want to thank icehockeysystems.com as well, your number one site for getting better as a coach, parent, or player as well. 
these guys are awesome. They have such an amazing amount of just resources for any coach to, to use to make your team and yourself better. They have a drill drawing tool. Uh, they also have the ability. We have partnered with them with uh, the Hockey Think Tank to provide an associations platform where you can get this for all the coaches and parents within your organization. You can share drills. Uh, you can draw drills. There's access to tons of whiteboard explanations, thousands of drills up there. Um, so just an unbelievable resource. Go to icehockeysystems.com and look for the associations tab to uh, to get that. And uh, just we use it here with Windy City Storm. Um, I know a lot of other uh, youth organizations that are using it as well. It's just such a value add uh, to any organizations. They also have the Hockey Think Tank Parent Survival Guide to give to all of your parents as well, uh, how to be a great hockey parent and how to de-stress the, the, the lifestyle of being a hockey parent. So um, go to icehockeysystems.com, look for the associations tab to be able to get that. And last but not least, and most importantly, thank you to all the amazing listeners out there. We are so close to episode two freaking hundred we can't believe it last week we re-released episode one which was incredible to hear just how like bad the sound quality was and to hear just how much we had no idea what we were doing and no idea. Uh, but we've had the hey i will say we've had the mental toughness to make sure i think we've taken one maybe two weeks off in the, two weeks yeah, in the That's three it. years that we've been doing this, um, because we want to be consistent with it. We want to provide um, everybody out there with some some fun hockey stuff and maybe some some learning stuff that can help make your day, your kid, yourself uh, a little bit better. And so uh, we so appreciate everybody that continues to listen. Uh, if you can, please send us some feedback, whether you want to send it to us directly through email or DMs. Um, just on what you like, what you want more of, maybe what you want less of, maybe you have some suggestions of some guests that you want us to bring on. Um, we love to, the back and forth with you guys who are listening. If you can also please uh, subscribe wherever you get your podcast, shoot us a rating, shoot us a review. Um, those go a long way to, to help us to continue to, to grow our podcast. So um, thank you. Thank you. Thank you to everybody who continues to listen. Uh, this three-year journey has been unreal. Can't believe we're almost at 200 episodes and uh, we so, so appreciate your support. So Vex, you got anything to, to add there before we let her rip? On top of the thank you, I'd also just say Toph and I might be cooking up some pretty cool stuff for the future. I don't know. We had a little business powwow yesterday. <laughs> there might be some pretty cool hockey think tank stuff coming up in the future. So keep your eyes peeled. <laughs> there we go. To, I like the teaser. little cliffhanger. <laughs> um, all right, everybody. Hope you have a great week and we will see you next week.